Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Bay Area, it's time for Bay Area Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Bay Area Business Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Leah Davis Coaching, inspiring women of color to claim their wealth legacy. Today on Bay Area Business Radio, we have Nadia Deala with Real You Leadership. Welcome, Nadia. Hi, thank you. Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about Real You Leadership, how you serving folks. Yes. So Real You Leadership is my six-month group coaching program for women of color, specifically in technology or what we consider tech-adjacent roles. And I am a leadership and negotiation coach for women of color in technology. So what we do is help our clients get the pay, the recognition, and the roles that they deserve. So whatever positions, whether it's your dream job or that next level role, or even switching industries, we want to make sure that you shine as your real self. So really want to make sure that you don't compromise who you are at the core, um, your values, being in alignment with that, and finding resonant aligned values-aligned employers and workspaces, and to take up space, activate your voice, and learn how to self-advocate every day. So we help a lot of our clients, for instance, get anywhere from 20 to 55% increases in pay, which is awesome, right? <laughs> Who doesn't want that? As well as, um, again, shining as a leader that feels really good to them, that only they can be as the unique version of themselves. So what's your backstory? How did you get into this line of work? Have you always been a coach? No, I have not always been a coach. I've actually been quite a lot of different things. And Um, Part of that work that I think goes into it is that I haven't been afraid to jump to different industries, jump to different roles. I used to be considered, well, at least I used to shame myself and consider myself a quote unquote job hopper, but it's actually part of my superpower that I'm not afraid to take risks. I'm not afraid to put myself out there and really grow into new roles that excite me and feel values aligned, which is kind of what I teach my clients to do, whether they stay in the same industry or move forward. So I used to be an audio engineer once upon a time, and then went into hospitality sales, then from there went on to online travel, and then in afterwards into traditional tech, where I used to work for enterprise companies, and then traditional startups, like I was employee number 25 of a company called HelloSign that has since been acquired by Dropbox, and I was their first senior account manager that helped build the team with my director of sales at the time. So In that, I just noticed that I was what a lot of my clients experienced climbing up the wrong ladder, right? I was very unfulfilled. I hated quota-driven work, even if I hit my quota and was going day in and day out thinking, this can't be it. There has to be more than selling e-signature, you know, integration systems and softwares. And I just knew that I wanted more. But at the time, I was actually really burnt out. And not just from the high impact, intense work environments of tech, but I was also going through an immigration process that was pretty brutal with my partner at the time um, that we've since resolved, but it was really hard for me and started my journey into self-care, into getting into therapy, hiring my own therapist, working with my own therapists and coaches. And I just fell in love with it. Uh, At some point, I decided enough is enough, but I still wasn't ready to 
know what my next steps were. I actually had breakdowns, you know, nervous panic attacks, et cetera, when I thought of updating my resume or updating my LinkedIn or looking at jobs descriptions would literally make my whole body react. And I would have a breakdown and I would say, this isn't it. I just can't keep jumping to another job. I, And in the end, when I look back at it now, knowing what I know now and doing the work that I do as a coach, I recognize I was completely not aligned with my values. I was hiding the best parts of myself. I was you know, just taking it and going through the daily motions, which was is a fast word, road to burnout, honestly, and a fast road to things like not knowing where you're going in your life or being unfulfilled in your work, which is not sustainable for anybody. So I saved up a bunch of money, quit my job without another job, and just simply created space. So something that I know that this helps a lot with my clients is not being afraid of the unknown. It was terrifying. I left a six-figure tech job. <laughs> and you know, I'm the daughter of immigrants that I was making more money than my parents combined at the time. So there was a lot of shame and guilt I had to set aside. But in my heart and in my gut, my intuition knew that that was the next step. And in that space, somehow I found coaching or coaching found me even further I kept going down the coaching rabbit hole saying, let me sign up for an intro course. Okay, let me do six months of training. Okay, I still love this. Let me do six months of certification. And eventually it turned into, let me start this business because I still don't want to enter the workforce even a year later. Now, do you find that coaching as a service uh, to folks that need it have changed over the years? Like at one point, coaching might have been for just a handful of people, the top executives, like, you know, you picture like the, the best players on the team get coaching, not, you know, kind of everybody else, but it seems like it, there's more of a trickle down effect where now coaches are popping up for more and more of the team and the leadership of businesses are seeing the value that coaches provide to help everybody uh, become better. Yeah. That's such a great question. And yes, the answer is yes. I remember when I first took on saying, I am a leadership and negotiation coach for women of color in technology. Years ago, so many director levels, executive levels would reach out. But what I find that more and more what we call individual contributors, folks who aren't necessarily in leadership positions, or even folks in entry level positions, keep coming through my door. Um, Anybody can be a leader. Anybody can do well and benefit from some additional support, an extra sounding board, a thought partner in your professional growth. And I find that those who gravitate more towards my work, at least, which is quite a lot of women of color, is that um, they tend to either be entry-level managers or some director-level managers, but really, they're not even there to talk about being a director or a manager or an executive. Or I find I get a lot of folks who are individual contributors, like they are software engineers, but not people managers, product managers, but not people managers. But at the end of the day, they come through the door because it's about their own personal growth. It's about moving beyond what scares them. It's about learning how to self-advocate no matter who is in the room. Sometimes it's even if they are a people manager, they're terrified of 
saying the wrong thing to their direct reports, or they're terrified of looking quote unquote dumb if they ask a question that is, you know, if they don't know everything and they ask help in their new jobs, even with their peer levels, right? So I find that, yes, everybody can benefit from coaching. Everybody is starting to get coaching, uh, regardless of what level in the quote unquote hierarchy of the workforce you're in. Right. And the coaching for some people who may not be able to afford uh, an actual coach that is kind of asking them hard questions or opening their mind to different opportunities or different ways to do something. It might be reading books about it or, I mean, they're very hungry for this kind of information. People are always looking for these this kind of insight um, and you can um, benefit from just reading and learning and listening to podcasts of coaches talking and uh, that yeah. can help to a certain degree, but there's nothing that, um, you know, when you're working with a coach like you, you know, where they're, you're going to give them specific advice about specific challenges that, that really can have an impact that's very large. Like you mentioned, just from the salary negotiation standpoint, where this isn't something that is kind of superficial, like, oh, I got this now. I know kind of how to do it. You can give them the exact words to say to help them in their specific job, you know, make more money, you know, next uh, review. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we have scripts, templates. So in Real You Leadership, our, our program, it comes with weekly live coaching sessions. Uh, we give recordings for every single session. So even if you miss one, because everybody's got a pretty big schedule or some people are mothers doing social distance learning or even just regular mother duties that come up, um, it, it just is meant to be with your flexible schedule. So we also do critiques. So any negotiation scripts, we will absolutely do critiques, whether in our online community or in pre-recorded critique calls that we offer every single week. And we also have in our coursework, we have a nine module coursework uh, that's growing with more content. We have all these templates on things to say. But what I find is actually most important, not even, you know, not even just the things to say, because really the thing that I say, if I can speak candidly, is y'all, everybody can Google that stuff, right? <laughs> like you can Google that stuff. It's all out there for free. Like you said, podcasts will tell you someone, a coach will tell you in a podcast or in their free resources or in a blog post. There's all these resources out there that tell us what to do, but there's a reason why women who work with me in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and even 50s that come along are still scared to self-advocate or have never negotiated a day in their life, even with all of those books and free resources out there. And I find that the most important part of the coaching container is that we hold you and work through any mindset blocks, which are basically what I call inner haters, quote unquote, those those self-sabotaging thoughts that keep you playing small and work through finding the courage to do it scared, right? <laughs> and to do the things scared, negotiating, asking for a promotion, daring to say, I actually want 50% more than what you're offering me, et cetera, is a really scary thing. So I find that the group container is also really beneficial to whether or not you succeed or you fail, or it's an ongoing conversation because negotiations can be a series of conversations, not just a one and done thing. We hold you in that container with our coaching team and our community. And I think that's really where the juice is, not just feeding you what you should do, but just holding you as you move through your biggest fears and do it. Right. The support and accountability. Yeah. 
Now, I'll never forget an interview I did with a, a woman recruiter uh, a few years ago. And she said that when she headhunts people for jobs, when she goes to a guy, they push back when it comes to the salary. And a woman typically says, great. And they just say, thank you. And they don't, <laughs> yeah. they don't push back. But a guy, their instinct is to push back. And it was very frustrating for her because she's a woman. Yeah. And then she's like, why are women kind of aiming low? Why aren't they, you know, just asking for something? You know, the, the something is there to be had if they ask. Yep. And uh, I was shocked because uh, I was uh, on the show, but I, they were the experts. And I, I, kept, I kept asking questions about it because I couldn't believe that was true. Yeah. And she's like, that's how, you know, this is what I do. I'm a, I recruit people. <laughs> this is what I found. And, um, you know, it's sad that a woman feels that, that they should just be grateful for the opportunity and not go for what they can get when the opportunity is there. Yeah, I mean, this is so common, and I'll speak for myself that no one ever taught me how to negotiate. I didn't negotiate my first two salaried roles, and other people who typically were other people of color that you know I trusted and probably were speaking the truth to their own experience would say, oh, by the way, this is how much you can get. Don't bother asking for more. We've tried. So this is the most. And me thinking, wow, this is already more than I've already made. <laughs> this is more than my parents made. Then that's what I'm going to say yes to, right? So I didn't negotiate my two salaried roles. When I finally did get the sense to, okay, I need to push back and negotiate. I want more money than this. I did all the wrong things. I did everything wrong. I said what my existing salary was. I said what my you know 401k match was, what my everything, what all my benefits were. I, I laid it all out on the table, which by the way, anyone listening to this, you don't have to give your existing salary. It's illegal in most states. Um, but for, for folks to ask you candidly for that, but at the time, you know, what really kicked me into gear and kicked my butt into recognizing this is in me is because it's because of what you're saying. Like we don't have equitable systems yet. So until organizations can find ways to be more transparent about their pay bands, their salary bands, and really put the actual job range and pay range and what they have budgeted for these roles online in their job descriptions or be candid about it, we do have to learn how to advocate. So what really kicked me into gear was when I found out that a white male counterpart that I helped hire on <laughs> in one role was making over $20,000 more than me. And Yes, they had more experience, but I was senior in that role. I helped build the team. I helped build the processes. And I found out not even through doing market research and asking for transparent pay to help me in my upcoming performance review. I found out on accident by this guy just simply complaining, loving to death, but he was complaining, thinking we were equal and saying, oh, they don't pay us enough. X amount of dollars is not enough. And I'm just frozen in my place thinking there wow, I'm not making that. They definitely don't pay me enough. Um, and then I decided to change things and then eventually negotiated over uh, two $20,000 increases in pay. But that took over a year to do. And it was just me catching up, right? It wasn't me reaching that level. Because at that point, that particular, for instance, that particular colleague would be 
going higher and higher, right? So I, I know what held me back is those voices. Like, I should just be grateful. I should pay my dues first. I haven't been here long enough. What if they think I'm greedy, right? What if they retaliate even, which has happened to some of my clients and not really recognizing that my value is worth something and that it is okay. Like you said, for this particular recruiter, people don't realize that it's it's normal practice to negotiate and recruiters are just waiting for you to ask for it. <laughs> um, but that, that again is like, I work with a lot of people who, what we call recovering people pleasers. And also imposter syndrome is huge with my client base that we are just so scared that even if we get what we want, then what do we do? What if, what if they find that we're not worth that money? Right. Or what if we we really don't do the job well and they're just going to think we gave her extra for what. Right. But you still got the extra. That's yes. uh, that's the bottom yeah, that's line. Right. You still got the extra. You still brought up your value in your in your career practice. I mean, the reality is, is that um, there are so many studies and statistics out there that women could lose up to four hundred thousand dollars in their careers in, in a 40 year span of careers. Um and I would like everybody to get that extra $400,000 that we're just leaving by not getting that little bit extra. Exactly. And it puts everybody kind of on the on the same kind of playing field. There's no reason for certain people to be held back when the money is available if they ask. And to teach them to ask and to give them the skills and confidence to ask mm-hmm. is a gift you're giving them that'll It'll have an impact on them personally, but it also has an impact on their family and their community. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, because when I I say it all the time in my work that especially women of color, when we rise, we tend to be the breadwinners. We tend in our families, we tend to be um, the caretakers in our families, whether it's with young children or even our elderly folks in our communities and families. And when we rise financially, we have overflow that we can bring up our communities with us. So it is really important that we we advocate for ourselves and recognize that that's what we can do on a daily basis uh, to speak to our work, not let our work speak for itself, and to also advocate for the bigger, critical, life-changing conversations like, will I get more money or not? Will I get a leadership role or not? Yeah. And, and I think it, it goes even beyond that in that you're now a role model for your family and friends and you have the story and the anecdote that shows how you did it and that you could do it. And now you've kind of paved the way for X from an expectation standpoint of, look, my mom did this. I can do this. I expect to do this. This is my normal, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes, exactly. And, and and I, I, I say this all the time that, you know, there were certain fears other women of color, I I had the benefit of working in my early on in my career with only leaders who were people of color and women of color, especially. And some of my clients have never had that example. So they've never seen it done with someone who looks like them or remotely comes from their lived experience, their identities. Um, And that can do something to you to say like, well, it's impossible. I've never seen it done before. But If you break your own barriers, if you break your own glass ceiling, your own concrete ceiling, bamboo ceiling, whatever you want to call it, um, it it is really amazing because I just have to say like someone is watching you like you're saying, 
whether it's your daughters or your nieces, you know, my niece comments on my Instagram all the time. She just turned 18 and I couldn't be prouder to know that she's watching me and saying, auntie, that's amazing. I know now that I have to put in my two weeks notice and be great. Like I know now I need to negotiate, but someone is watching you and they're going to think if you can do it, I can do it too. So that's really important to know and not to put too much pressure on us either, but it's just break your own barriers, leave the ladder that you climb behind, pave the way and leave it paved and maintain it so that others can come after you. And the ripples are real. I mean, Mm -hmm. the impact you're having with your niece shows that and your niece's friends who she's telling and on her social media who they're seeing Those are the ripples that are real. I mean, you don't know who you're inspiring by what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I get messages all the time with folks who haven't even worked with me and saying, I've been following your content. I've been on your newsletter for a whole year. And I just want to let you know that I was able to negotiate just a small increase in pay for my first job out of college even right? Where you think that as a new graduate coming out, you don't have any leverage, but they were daring and willing to try because of that type of ripple effect that you're speaking to. And it's really gratifying. Well, congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to learn more about the program or your coaching, um, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Do you have a website? Yes. So it's NadiaDeala.com, N-A-D-I-A-D-E-A-L-A.com. Um, and we have all the information about Real You Leadership, our six-month group coaching program, where Again, you can get the pay positions and recognition you deserve as the real you without compromising who you are at the core. That's what we're all about. And being being the realest you, no matter who is in the room, no matter what room you're in. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Nadia Deala or find me on LinkedIn, Nadia Deala as well. It's just all my names, right? But um, would love to be in touch. Happy to answer any questions you have. And if you are interested in working together, It's a two-question application for our program, but we do ask that you be very real, very in-depth. And what you do get is a about a two-hour training. It's a free private training that only accepted applicants get to learn all about our coaching framework, about creating your radical vision, activating your voice, and creating expansive value in your career and your life. So you'll learn all about that, my coaching methodology, some results that and transformation that you can expect in the six months you work with us. And also it's just an awesome radical training that I think a lot of people can get great gold gems, juicy gold nuggets that they can go ahead and implement some things even today to stand out and take up space in their careers. Good stuff. Well, congratulations again on all the success and thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. I really appreciate it. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Bay Area Business Radio. 